podcast that we're recording is for a podcast that my partner Greg and I do called Welcome to the Music. Okay. Um, so if you go to welcometothemusic.com, you'll see all the interviews we've done to date. We started this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and things have been, we've been having a lot of fun talking with artists um, across the country now. Great. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, been, awesome. uh, it's been a lot of fun. Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. Uh, hey, this is Chris, uh, and I play in a country band called the Washboard Union. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Man, thank you for having me. This is a real pleasure. Yeah. Um, so just to give people some context, I actually know you from a, I guess you wear a different hat is the way to speak uh, about that. Uh, and when I say that, I, I come to think of it, in your band, you wear, would that be considered, that's not a cowboy hat you wear in your band. What would that be called? <laughs> uh, those hats actually get made for me by a buddy out of Toronto. Well, Whoa. Very special hats, yeah. Okay. Uh, my friend Jay made me that hat, and it's a one of a kind. So that is nice. But when I've seen you in your other life as as the uh, the head of podcasting for Curious Cast, you you correct me if I'm wrong. Have you been wearing a baseball cap? Or is it, or is it uh, who knows? Cap? It kind of depends on the day, brother. It depends yeah, on the day. Probably yeah, probably it was in baseball cap or whatever. Yeah, and it was funny fast. when when I heard that you were in a band and you guys had won a June. I'm like, what? Um, and I'm thinking, and this is me, you know, this is how much I'm into the country scene or how much I am not into it. I'm thinking, okay, there must be some, um, some niche band that Chris is in, um, and they do bluegrass. So he's, you know, they won a bluegrass award. And then through my research, Washboard Union, you guys are like the biggest country band in the country. That is amazing. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, we we have a lot of fun. Yeah, we, uh, we've been really blessed to uh, have received some nods from the industry over the years, and and that's really you know something we're uh, we're very proud of. But um, was certainly a surprise to receive a Juno. Now I know you met um, one of the other band members, Aaron, when you were fifteen years old. Yeah, thirteen. Th- thirteen years old. Oh my yep. goodness. Um, so no light, not even a dry, not even a hint of a driver's license. Or, no, we got our driver's licenses together. Um, okay. We met because our, our parents started dating each other. My dad started dating Aaron's mom. So that's how we met. And we've been together ever since. Look at that. You, you have your parents to thank. Exactly. For this. Yep. When yep. did you, Chris, when did you um, discover your love of music, of, of playing music, in fact? Oh, Man, I've got pictures of me with a Mouseketeer guitar that I walked around with and never put down when I was a little kid. And my wow. parents used to joke that, like, my dad was my dad was an old cowboy, and and he listened to so much old country music and bluegrass. He he got me hooked on it very early on. I think the earliest songs I ever have a memory of knowing. If you think back and you 
you think about what's that first song you knew you first knew. And I think, you know, Home on the Range or, or Big Iron or Red River Valley or like songs my dad would sing to when he was working in the shop were just ingrained in my brain. And I picked up guitar really early as a kid mm-hmm. um, and learned how to play all those songs. But those were the first songs I ever learned. So I'm like wow. strumming on an old plastic guitar, I would sing Home on the Range to anyone who'd listen. So that's amazing. And did you... There must have been a point in time, I don't know if it was before you met Aaron or after you guys uh, started uh, the Washboard Union, but was it ever, did it ever occur to you that, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to play to audiences. I want to make albums. I want to go on tour. I want to, I want other people to hear our songs on the radio. Like when did that occur to you that that was a possibility? Those certainly weren't the the impetuses for playing music. Mm. That stuff just sort of came as a result. Um, okay. Aaron and I started writing songs together when we were, you know, 13, 14 years old. We both were massive music fans. And so it wasn't always country music. It, it changed over the years for us. Okay. We, we, you know, we went through it all together. And we all had, Aaron and I had very, you know, different music tastes and we were always surrounded by music. When we were in high school, we were in two different high schools. We were both the bass player in the jazz band. And, and so, you know, we'd always been musicians. We'd always been songwriters. um, And we'd always been bus buddies. And then, um, you know, when we get into sort of college, I mean, Aaron played in a very successful rock band and had done producing electronic music. He, you know, he's, he's an incredibly talented guy. So uh, in the background, was all this music that we really sort of had uh, pulling on our hearts, which was bluegrass and old country. And when we met David, um, David was also a singer in a, in a rock band way back in the day. And um, we got together, we all lived in this band house, us and a couple of other bands. And at any given time, there was music going on in, in the studio in the house. And, you know, Tuesday nights, we would get together and play really old trucker songs and bluegrass <laughs> songs and, and you know, all the great storytellers. And we'd play all that sort of stuff. C.W. McCall and Red Sovine and Roger Miller and, and you know, Waylon and Willie and, and uh, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then I think that that's where things started. Us and a bunch of buddies started, you know, saying, gosh, we could get free beer if we just started playing this stuff in bars. So we went out and started doing that. And we, we played in a band before Washboard Union called Run GMC. And uh, we played really old trucker and, and bluegrass songs. And while that was happening, we were writing and writing and starting to put our original songs in. And then, you know, we met a, a couple incredible producers who really got us off the ground and um and that's when the band became washboard union and uh and we started really focusing on the fact that this was um something amazing was happening and and it was going to take us to places we didn't really dream of before we we always dreamed big but sure you know the things that have happened with washboard have been uh truly a dream come true now were Aaron and David you know, you just named off some some classic country artists. Mm-hmm. Were Aaron and David into that same sort of music as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, you know, David and I share a huge love for Marty Robbins. I don't know if that's a country artist you know from, from way, way back. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we record in Nashville, David and I go visit Marty's grave. Wow. 
um, just massive fans. And, and, you know, David has such a, a rich music tradition too. And he just knows, like he grew up with his mom singing in choirs and he was always around music and, and has an incredible memory for music and, uh, and melody. Um, so, you know, when you finally have those three pieces together, you really realize that you're three very different guys. Um, and, and when you come together, when we started singing harmony together, it was because we loved that about bluegrass and, and music like that in that, you know, yeah. three voices could sound like one and it could make the hair on your arm stand up. And, and if you could do that and get really good at it, what an interesting sound. And so that's what we really focused on. And that's kind of gone on to become the signature of Washboard. Yeah, I need to ask the name Run your your the original band name. Yeah, Run Run GMC. Um, no rap, no rap in there at all. No, no, it was just <laughs> it, it acknowledging some heroes. It was a it was a just a goofy band we're playing in bars in, but it was yeah. called Run GMC because it was about trucks. So GMC was there. You go, our favorite trucks, and and uh, there were so many songs about big rigs and big trucks and those kind of things, and and that's why the name was just kind of stuck. Washboard Union was actually David who picked that name um, and came up with it. And when we finally saw it written on paper, um, it was just like, wow, that just feels like us. It feels like, uh, you know, band names are strange Um, Mm -hmm. when it finally sinks. And I I could never imagine us being called something different. It just feels like that is us. Is is there a, a history behind that name? Uh, yeah, there is in, in this way, um, the same washboard that David plays now, he played the first time we ever played a song together. That washboard is over a hundred years old. Um, our washboards are always named after the grandmother that owned it and how it found it, uh, its way to us. Uh, a lot of people bring us washboards when we're on the road, on the road, but that one was owned by a woman named Mabel. And so that washboard's always been called Mabel but it's the same one that he played in the very first video. And it's the same one that's traveled with us for hundreds of shows now. That's interesting. How'd you guys start that tradition of naming it after uh, uh, the grandmother? That, that credit is all due to David. Um, The washboard is a really interesting thing because, you know, when there was no real percussion in, uh, you know, bluegrass or country music or anything, every household had a wash basin and a washboard. Mm. And that became the percussion and the backbeat for a lot of music. Um, and, you know, so it was really one of the oldest instruments in country music in that way. And so it okay. just kind of fit for us, you know, when we would play solo, uh, you know, acoustic, we didn't have a drummer, David played washboard, and that's where we knocked the beat out on. And, um, that's oh. why it just kind of was so central to what we did. Makes sense as a band name now that you talk about that. Yeah, totally. It wasn't really intentional. It just kind of evolved like most good things. Sure. Yeah. So you meet Aaron, you're 13 years old. Yeah. Um, how much time between then, cause you guys started writing, writing songs together. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much time between then and your, and, and the first washboard union album? Oh, the first Washboard Union album doesn't come out until like probably 2013. So, you know, there's, there's quite a few years pass in there that we're all doing different things and all playing music together and and stuff. But I mean, when Washboard really started to become serious, it's probably the last, you know, six or seven years um, where it became, you know, we signed to Warner Music for In My Bones and have been on Warner Music ever since. And, um, they and our manager really helped propel our career and get us, um, seen and heard in places that we just weren't before we you know we 
Sure. Remember the first time we ever heard ourselves on the radio and, and it just seemed like, wow, we just, we were a strange fit for radio, country radio at the time, but <laughs> Why country is radio that? took a shot with us. Well, cause I just think we, we didn't sound the same as everyone else. And I think we came about at a time where people were looking for, you know, country music to have a whole bunch of different sounds and faces and, and washboard uh, was one of those. I mean, there's not, we don't get compared to a whole lot of other bands. And that, that tells me that, you know, there's some uniqueness there that, that we're really proud of, not something we've, you know, tried to be, we're just us, but you know, we know that we are a little different from what everyone else is doing. And, and people seem to really like that. And for that, I'm truly grateful. Yeah. It, it uh, so I'm, I'm not a, a big country music uh, listener, but after watching two videos specifically, uh, she gets me and Country Thunder. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is different. Like you guys are have, you can tell that you guys have fun and whatever happens happens. That that's sort of the vibe I get. Yeah, you know, for for some of the music, that's that's true, and and we're very positive guys by nature, and yeah. um, we we just. We've had so much fun writing. We never intended Washboard to be a you know a big live show and be out on the road all the time. We really did this to be songwriters, and and then when we started performing it live, we started to realize that people were really enjoying it, and so you know, and then it became sort of equal measures of all those things. And it and mm. any given time in your career, you're either writing, you're recording, you're preparing for a tour, you're touring, or you're getting ready to start the next record and do press. So uh, it, it's all sort of these zones you bounce in and out of as a musician. Um, and uh, and behind the whole thing is just having an incredible time, seeing things we never would have gotten to see before and doing it together, the three of us, the way, you know, we hoped it would always be. You talk about zones there. What's what's your favorite zone? Uh, I really love writing. I love writing music a lot. And um, it, it's hard because they, they, they all start to blend these days because you're so busy. Mm-hmm. Um but I really appreciate the time we get to, I guess I appreciate them all in their own right. I love uh, time we get away when we go and write for weeks on end and don't mm-hmm. talk to anybody else. Um, I love getting out and playing live and connecting with our fans. I love spending time with our fans, um, which is just the most incredible because I draw from that. The, some of the stories that end up on what we're made of or on on um, even Everbound, the new record, they're all from spending time with people that enjoyed our music and had great lives and stories to tell us about them. And we synthesize all that into our music. And and so um, I think I love each different, you know, zone for its own reasons. Um, touring can be incredible. And once you're in the mode of touring, um, mm-hmm. it's just fantastic. I mean, we played so many shows last year um, and saw so many things. It was just it's incredible. I love it. I, I, I totally miss this, Chris, but I want to, I want to sort of uh, uh, tie it to, to writing being, being sort of one of your favorite things to do. Um, over the past three months, obviously we've uh, many people around the world um, have been isolating, have been staying at home, um, you know, not sort of doing their regular routine. Um, and I'm curious if over the past three months you've, done more writing different types of writing maybe you've gotten some different types of inspiration how has 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 COVID-19 impacted outside of not being able to tour but how has it impacted sort of the things that you think about and write about 
Um, well, I would say this. Uh, Everbound came out April 24th, um, and we finished recording at the end of February. So once we left each other in Nashville the end of February, after we struck the last chord on Everbound, we didn't see each other again until last weekend. Whoa, so okay. we have been completely apart from each other. Yeah, we have, We've had to learn how to launch a record in a time where everyone's, you know, in the middle of COVID. And the one thing was music was still an undercurrent. People still cared about music during that time, even though we're all trying to survive and figure things out and, mm -hmm. and be apart from our families and our friends, there's still music and the world keeps turning in that way. And so I was really excited that we didn't put the brakes on the, not to be too country, the horse had left the barn when it comes to <laughs> Everbound because it was ready to go. Yeah. And we were going to put it out anyways. And it's been so interesting to launch the record and stay connected to fans and the media and, and other people during the course of this. I mean, I think we did 42 Zoom interviews in three days Wow, uh, to launch Everbound. <laughs> and we did TV appearances. And, and the other things we've been doing is these things called quarantine sessions. So we've been recording yeah. in our three different houses um, and and doing our own sessions that way. And then Aaron's been putting them all together. And, and we've been going through our entire history of music and figuring out how do we still perform together? How do we record together? How do we write together? And, and you know what? You'll, you'll find a way. If you are passionate enough about something, you'll find a way to figure it out. It, talented people all over the world are doing that day in and day out. Yeah. We're, we're staying connected in ways we never did before. We're working from home in places that, you know, in ways that we never did before and, and we're surviving. And I think that that resilient spirit um, was just something we've, we've always had. We didn't take for granted, but we just needed to keep going. And I think that that's kept us, I don't feel like we've been off. I feel like we've been busier than ever. The only part that's missing is I don't go to the airport every three days <laughs> and, and travel to the next place. And, yeah. and that's the thing. So I think that, you know, us and I watch a lot of our friends in, in country music and, and outside of country music, but they figure it out. They figure out how to be in front of their fans. They figure out how to stay meaningful. They figure out how to create their art. Um, and we survive. Yeah. It's uh, I've, I've seen a couple of those um, quarantine sessions that you guys have done. Um, yeah. And your music sounds just as good um, than when you started, you know, when you, when you hear it off of what, uh, you know, what's on the record or what's on the video. Uh, you guys are really, the harmonies are amazing. Another well, thing, you. you're welcome. Another thing you guys are doing right now, I know you're, you're crowdsourcing material for doc rock. Um, tell, tell me about that. Tell me about that project. It really leads off the exact same thing I've been talking about. It, you know, yeah. when you think about it, it's not safe for us to be able to go out and shoot the video and have a film crew and a whole bunch of actors and extras and stuff in a in a video. You just can't do that right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this video is originally going to be shot down in California, and and we had to change plans because that's just not possible. Sure, but the one thing that that I certainly have found and we've talked about a lot as a band is you find when you can't be around your friends, you find yourself diving into your phone and going through all the old videos that you probably have of all of you <laughs> together having incredible times. And everybody's got that. They've got on their phones videos of great times with their friends. And we thought, look, 
if we can't go shoot this video, you know, the way we may have originally planned, wouldn't it be incredible if everybody just dug through their phone and found the, their favorite videos of them and their friends in the summer? And, and then the videos start all of our friends and fans. And, mm. and we took advantage of that. And so many people have sent in videos to us. It's ridiculous. I mean, it goes, it gets cut off, I think, tonight. Um, at okay. midnight, but so many people have sent in videos. It's incredible. So I'm excited to see what this is going to look like. And I have no idea what <laughs> it will look like because I certainly haven't seen the videos yet. Tell me about, Chris, tell me about the art of, of, of the video that you guys sort of do um, and how that's related to Washboard Union as, as an entity. Because it seems that you guys aren't just, okay, we need to make a video um, let's just, you know, just do one. It's, you guys put it, it seems to me that you put a lot of thought into it. Um, t- tell me sort of about that, that, that video making process you guys have. Yeah. Um, I've always been, and we've always been, um, astonished by people who could tell a story with a video. And I mm. think we've always surrounded ourselves with talented people. Um, but we also never wanted to have videos that were just sort of what you'd expect to see from a standard country video. So if you think about our kind of history of videos, I mean, Shot of Glory is about a horse race. Um, Feel Like That is about um, three kids kidnapping us and uh, having their own private concert. Um, <laughs> she Gets Me is about magic. And Country Thunder is got puppets in it like they're not typical videos and we've always tried yeah. to push the boundaries a bit with that so we put a lot of thought into him we're very involved in it um but i think that that's allowed for you know different experiences because at the center of it is, is the three of us and you see us and doing whatever we're doing but uh i think there's a real opportunity to bring a different face to a song that maybe you didn't even intend that I mean, we didn't write she gets me thinking about magic we met a friend sure. along the way named aaron matthews who was a magician and we'd never knew a magician before. And so yeah. we talked to Aaron and went, what if we did this whole video about magic and we played off this idea that wouldn't it be strange if, you know, the idea of she gets me was finding that person who just understands you in yes. the most unconscious way. You don't even have to think about it. Yeah. How strange would it be if two music or two magicians actually met in a restaurant? Yeah. And then, so that's where that idea came out of, but it's always been talented friends that we've, we've surrounded ourselves with and, and figured out unique ways of telling these stories. And, and you've got a puppet, you got a puppeteer friend, I'm guessing then. We met uh, puppeteer, <laughs> our, our, our director, Stefano Barberas, who's done a few videos for Washboard, called us in a hotel room on tour when we were talking about Country Thunder. And he's like, I think we got to do puppets. And we're like, wow, if we can get the record company to go for that, that would be great. Um, And they loved it. They're like, absolutely do it. So we found an incredible company called Color Sound Lab out of Vancouver. Um, And because we were on tour and so busy, we never saw a drawing or like not even a sketch on a napkin of these puppets. We showed up in a tent at the video shoot, literally from the airport. And there they were sitting on a table wearing exactly what we were wearing because <laughs> they'd taken all these photos of us we didn't even know about. And, and then it was just such an interesting thing. It was like, I was a Muppet f- uh, freak when I was a kid. I loved the Muppet show. I loved wow. everything to do with Henson and Oz. And so to do this um, was such a, a pleasure. And I, David and I walked over the hill as the video was being shot. And you see the the couple on a bridge and, 
And then you see the three guys in washboard performing on hay bales. And I mean, I have a whole new respect for puppeteers who lay in the mud and the hay and the dirt mm-hmm. and, and contort their bodies to be able to do this. It was just such a fun video to shoot. The, the three puppets are actually sitting behind me right now. They came home in a road case to my house. Oh, nice. And uh, it's, it's fascinating. And kids seem to love it too. And Sure. Uh, it's just, it was a really fun video to shoot. We're really proud of that one. That's amazing. I need to ask this. As I was doing research, the name Bob Ezrin came up. Yeah. Um, he produced your first album. Um, and and I, when that name came up, I go, wait a second, this this name is so familiar. This guy's like a big time producer. Um, and then I looked into it and sure enough, Kiss, Peter Gabriel, Pink Floyd, and so many others. Yeah. How does, how does that happen for three guys, you know, just they want to write songs, they have fun together and Hey, here's, here's a debut album. How does, how does Bob Ezrin fall into your lap? So one of um, Bob Ezrin's protégés was Garth Richardson. In fact, Bob Ezrin originally worked for Garth's dad, Jack Richardson. And um, this is, you know, before Bob had produced Alice Cooper or any of that sort of stuff. Um, Garth Richardson found us uh, in Vancouver, had seen us play and said, guys, your music just makes me smile. I want to do your first record. Wow. And he, out of the goodness of his heart, took us in and recorded our first album. And he said during that process, you know what, Bob, his partner, um, is going to come in town and take some of his top production students and he's going to show them how he does what he does by producing a band and he wants to do yours. So... Bob came in and, and, and Bob only produced one track on that album. Garth did the rest of the entire record, but Bob produced a song with us from scratch, from idea to arrangement to recording and, and completing it. And and it was such an interesting process. I mean, so much respect for Bob Ezrin and everything he's done, but he's become a friend of the band along the way. He was a guy that we would call and talk to, and he would be honest with us as we were a young band trying to figure things out. And we've stayed in touch with him along the way. And he's just, you know, when we would go in Nashville, you know, we'd go for tacos with Bob and (laughs) he's just Bob to us, but he he is one of, he's a true Canadian and an international treasure. Um, There's not a musician that's ever worked with Bob that, that would probably say that Bob did in some way change their career. Um, It's amazing. You know, he's, uh, he approaches music with the, the tenacity and attack of a professional athlete. And um, I just appreciate the fact that, that we've been able to call him a friend over the years. Absolutely. And, and, and Garth Richardson's no slouch as well. I mean, he's oh, worked. Garth, you know what? We just brought Garth the Juno um, because oh. he, was, he meant so much to us that we wanted him to have one. Um, uh, because he was the one person who took a chance on us in the very beginning. And, and uh, he will always, for us, be held in the highest esteem. Um, he has produced some unbelievable records from Rage Against the Machine yeah. to Biffy Clyro and all like he's done some unbelievable work yeah. over the years. And we were his first country album. And I, I don't think he's done a whole lot of country ever since. Maybe we turned him off country music. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that now it's interesting the, the, what he said to you when he when he first met you. Um, you guys made me smile. Um, what, did, what did that? What did that mean to you guys to hear it from him, especially that comment? I think that's all we ever hoped our music would do for somebody. And, Mm. you know, we were never trying to be something we weren't. 
and you know like it or lump it if you if you don't like our music then that's totally fine but yeah people tell us that all the time i tell you the comment we get the most quite often you'll get you know a guy or a girl that's been dragged along to a country festival by yeah. their significant other and they'll say man i don't even listen to country music <laughs> but for some reason i love you guys and that's high praise because that means our music is finding people outside of country and because it's just music to us it's call it whatever you want but it's just it's just music yeah absolutely it's 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 strange when greg and i first started this podcast um i mean we didn't talk about what type of artists we'd like to have on we just knew that i'm a huge music fan Mm -hmm. uh greg greg is a recovering uh musician from the uh from the 90s um but you know we just have we would always talk about music so we said okay let's 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 do a music podcast, and we've interviewed um, like a handful of of country artists. And the one thing I have to say is that they're so more than it's not something you sort of realize until you think back about it. But their mu- the music is is so I don't know if pure is the right word I want to use, but it's like it, it it's it's from them, right? They're not trying to be someone else and not trying to be the next so-and-so they're you know they're just trying to just trying to be the best themselves uh, the best of, of of them we've i don't know if these names you're familiar with but uh kelsey we've uh, interviewed kelsey main um yeah i know kelsey yeah kelsey and uh, a young kid uh, owen barney um yep. and uh yeah just they 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 were such a delight uh mm-hmm. to, to speak with and and their music as well, and like this, literally the same thing with 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 your music. As I've been sort of discovering it over the past couple of weeks, has been, yeah, it's something that you know you you find yourself tapping your foot to, and especially the videos. I watch the videos, and I'm like, I'm watching the whole video, and I'm smiling along the way. And I go, that was really cool. I never in a million years would have thought that I'd sit down and actually watch country music. So I'm one of those guys that got taken, you know, (laughs) and said, I really, I really like this. It's really, really cool. Um, That is awesome. You guys have, have won a bunch of awards. And again, you know, you, you've said it a bunch of times already. you, You guys didn't, you guys just enjoyed making music and writing songs. Um, winning award, like your, your, your first award. Do you remember your first award you guys ever won as a group? Yeah, it was a BC Country Music Award. What was, like, did that floor, that must have floored you guys. Yeah, of course. I mean, and we won it at home. It was uh, a huge honor. Um, we were never, like, we'd never been to award shows before that. Um, you know, so to win those and then to go to the CCMAs and, and be around, you know, so many great Canadian artists that have since become friends of ours. Um it's just you realize that you're part of a really powerful community, um, and to and win I, and to win at those awards as well. Yeah, yeah, we've been very um, we've been blessed to to win at CCMAs and West Coast Music Awards and SoCan Songwriting Awards and things like that. Yeah, we've been really lucky along the way, and um, and I mean those are incredible things to receive, um, and and we're humbled every time that happens. So mm-hmm. you know it's not lost on us and. It's been fantastic to, for us to, we won group of the year for the second year in a row last year at CCMAs. And, uh, 
I have to say that was one of the greatest moments uh, of our lives, standing there with so many friends and winning that award. So, And to think you guys just wanted to play music. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I don't know whether for your band, the Junos is a big thing or not. Um, obviously, it is now because you guys won uh, Breakthrough Group of the Year. But but tell me about that experience. Yeah, um, it is a very big deal. And I think it's a very big deal for me as a musician. It's an mm. even bigger deal for me as a Canadian. Um, okay. I'm so proud that we have the Junos. I'm so proud of the work that the Junos does year round to support Canadian artists. Um, but all my favorite bands won Junos. And, and so to, to join that family is, is incredible. The, the most interesting thing for us with the Junos, uh, in, in when we won last year was we were in a category that was not full of country artists. We were the only country artists and we, and we wanted to meet everybody that was in the category that was all doing very different things. And we became friends with, with loud luxury and some of the other artists that were in the category. And you just realized that all of these people in, in their own unique way, um, and their own stories and their own backgrounds and their own voices are moving Canadian music forward and moving it forward internationally. And so to, to be in a group of people like that, that are making music and um, powerful music and to be acknowledged is, is an incredible feeling as a, as a Canadian man, the Junos are really, that's our, our Grammy. I wouldn't even say it's our Grammys. It's our Junos. It's our own thing. It's powerful. Mm. It's meaningful. And, uh, Look at the bands that have won. Even Breakthrough Group over the year, we we looked at like some of our some of our buddies and some of our favorite bands, Sheepdogs, Billy Talent, all wow. those bands have won. Arkells and and all of them. It just happened to be the first time a country group had ever won that award. Yeah. Did you guys? Did, I don't know whether you guys would have had an opportunity to play the Junos or or any of the parties surrounding that. Oh yeah, we did. We played oh. every day. Wow. Yep. That is crazy. absolutely what's the, you know, you guys started, you know, playing for free beers back yeah. in, in the, in the run GMC days. Um, you, you, you guys have just, I, I guess it was last year, just come off touring like Europe as well. Is that right? Yeah. We were in Spain and France and then part of the U S we were in Texas and Oklahoma. Tell me about a country band in Europe. Tell me sort of the, the reception you get, what the crowd is like, that's really fascinating. They're unbelievable. Um, and I will say that the reason we play in Europe and other than wanting to go sure. um, is largely due to the fact that there are groups of people who have been choreographing washboard union songs to line dances and okay. they pass them around. And these videos for the country community and line dancing is still a huge part of country over there. When you show up at a country festival, they know the words to your songs because of line dancing for us. Wow. Um, so largely it's because of YouTube, because con- country radio doesn't really exist the way that it exists in Canada or the U.S. Mm. Um, we're on radio and satellite radio and obviously available on every platform. But it's been that that has been the reason we've gone. We've played in you know France, um, Spain, Ireland. Um, and largely it was because of that. So you show up at these festivals. I remember walking into a sound check in Northern Spain and next to us was this giant tent of line dancers. And you could hear, it was like rolling thunder and you walk in the tent and there's like 600, 700 people 
line dancing to our song Head Over Heels, <laughs> which is unbelievable. And they know all the words. You can't even communicate necessarily to them, um, broken Spanish and things like that. But they know all the words to your songs in English and they're singing them back to you at the show. So it is the most incredible welcome to be that far from home yeah, and have someone singing your music back to you. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. That is really, really great. What's, what's your, your favorite place you've ever played? Um, wow. That's a great question. I have to say that one of my favorite concerts ever was Cavendish Beach Music Festival out in PEI. Um, okay. You know, Aaron and I uh, made sure that day that we went and dipped our feet in the ocean on the opposite coast and mm. and, and then played that huge festival. Um, we went on tour with Old Dominion um, year okay. before last, and we played Halifax and Moncton and St. John's, Newfoundland. And I have to say St. John's was everything I imagined it would be. And it was just incredible. And, and I hadn't been in St. John's since I was a little kid and the band had never been there. Um, and it was just, that crowd is just unbelievable. I have so much respect for Newfoundland for how they have made music an inseparable part of every kid's growing up. Um, and they were just such a warm welcome. So I, I love being in Atlanta, Canada, and I love playing those shows. I have to say that the biggest show I think we probably ever played was we opened for the Zach Brown Band at Investors Field in, in Winnipeg. And I think it was about 29,000 people. Um, mm. We actually got signed in the dressing room after the show uh, by our manager. Um, oh, wow. But that show was unbelievable. We you know, we were obviously huge fans of Zach and got asked to play. And, um, we ended up getting a, a standing ovation and we only played, you know, 30 minutes or so, and then got a call for an encore and they said, yeah, go for it, boys. Um, <laughs> it just kind of worked. And, uh, and those guys were so gracious to us. I mean, I've, I've just got moments like that, that, you know, that I recall, and there's so many different ones, but each one just seems like it was more incredible than the last. And so, uh, there's a long, long list of my favorite concerts. That's amazing. Um, I'm going to ask you to put on your other hat just for a moment here. Sure. Um, you know, you talked about there's no country music, country radio stations out in Europe. Um, and there's probably a few here in North America for sure. But tell me the role of, of streaming and how you guys have, because when you guys started playing at age 13, when you guys started writing at age 13, you know, there's, there's no Spotify or anything like that, yep. but, um, obviously now, uh, so many people are, are streaming their music uh, on different platforms. Um, what does that impact how you write? Does that impact sort of how you approach, I don't know, the marketing side of music or making music? I'm curious on, on how that impacts you guys. Uh, well, we've only ever released music in a, in a platform world, a DSP world. Mm. Um, but is it part of the writing? No, it's part of the planning and it's part of the release and marketing stuff. And it's part, mm. a lot of what the record company does um, with us and for us. Yeah. It, it plays a huge role. I mean, Apple music and Amazon and Spotify yeah. are huge contributors to 
our audience. Um, mm-hmm. Country radio is a huge contributor to our audience. Satellite radio is a huge contributor to our audience. So wherever people find music, you want to be present and easy to find. And I think that that's been important for us. YouTube, of course, YouTube's you know one of the biggest platforms in the world. Yeah. Um, so I think all of those things are just, those are just points that you make sure your music is being seen and found in and you're finding unique ways to, to take advantage of it. So, you know, where video is such a central idea when it comes to everything on YouTube, you know, playlists are so important when it comes to Spotify and Apple and Amazon. Um, so they're, they're huge realities for us. They, they are the reason people discover our music uh, outside of radio, which has been so good to us. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a huge part of what we do, but it, it doesn't inform how we write. Yeah. By any okay. means. Cause I've always heard that, you know, you want to, Sorry, not that you want to do this, but I've always heard that there are artists that sort of write their music specifically knowing that there's some sort of an algorithm at play, Um, you know, whether there's a lyric that comes right off or there's a hook that comes right away. So I was curious whether or not uh, that is certainly not something we do. No. Yeah. Cool. No. You're the good for them if they figured it out. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Chris, you're the, you're a co-founder of something called music therapy ride. Um, yeah. tell me about what is that? Uh, the music therapy ride, um, was a motorcycle ride that myself and two friends, uh, Shaw Salzberg and Patrick Zulinoff created, mm-hmm. um, which was a, a way for us to help generate much needed funds for music therapy in, in BC, uh, and, uh, primarily BC, but it spread out across Canada from there. Um, music therapists are an instrumental part of the healing process. Um, mm-hmm. they're a huge, uh, part of, um, development for kids, a kid, especially kids who are uh, terminally ill. Um, so it's, uh, something we wanted to stand up and support. And so we grabbed all our music industry buddies and, and all of our friends and created these rides every year that we're raising money for this. And, and since it's gone on to an incredibly talented group called Music Heals that runs the ride now, uh, since Shaw and Patrick and I have moved on, but they do incredible work and, and it has kept on going. And it's just, uh, it's exciting to see. I have nothing but respect for music therapists. That's amazing. How did you got, how did that sort of, how did music therapists come to you? Like, how did you figure this was a thing and you wanted to support them. Yeah, we had met some music therapists that were working in British Columbia that that really needed some help um, very Mm. early on. And we saw the work that they were doing and learned about them and the music therapy fund in Canada and and wanted to just do what we could to help because the music industry um, had a lot of connections in our small, you know, group of people. You know, Shaw worked with um, the agency, Sam Feldman's agency, and Patrick worked at Sony, and I was working in radio. And, and so we just tried to bring people together to support this. And it was a great motorcycle ride every year, and it raised, you know, a, a really good amount of money. So that's why we had done it. That is awesome. Chris, this has been a fantastic chat. I really appreciate it. I got a couple more before I let you go, if sure. that's okay. Of course. Um, we ask this question of all our guests. What are you listening to currently? What, what do you have playing in your, in your earbuds these days? Wow. Um, man, I bounce around so much. <laughs> I have been listening a lot to a band that doesn't exist anymore called Walker McGuire. Okay. And uh, I love those guys. I'm going to pull up my phone right now and just see what I've been listening to. What kind of music is that, Walker McGuire? That's country. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
they're incredible. Um, I've been going backwards too. I've been listening to a lot of James Taylor, a lot of Billy Joel in the last little while. I've been listening to Old Diamond Rio a lot. Okay, um, Billy Joel. All right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I bounce around so much. Some days I'm into you know '90s hip hop, and some days it's country, and some days it's bluegrass, and and some days it's uh, the Tool album. Uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, I really bounce around a, a whole lot, but there's uh, there's some stuff I, I've been really appreciating um, lately. And I, you know, I think, um, I really like what the Walker guys have done. I really love, um, so I've been listening to lately, just looking at this, I've been going back through some really old stuff. I've been going back to like dire straits brothers mm. in arms album. And, um, that's a great album. It is incredible yeah. album. Oh my um, yeah. yeah. So I think I've been bouncing around a, a whole lot. I even went, you know, I've gone back to like Jurassic five and, and, you know, Tribe Called Quest and and Bill Withers and Punch Brothers. I'm just looking at what I've been listening to literally in the last day or two. Yeah. So I, I'm a music fan. I, I bounce all over the place. Do you do you see Washboard Union sort of doing any uh, um, any collaborations or, or adding different types of sounds or? Yeah, I, I think that you know we're always thinking about that. Um, we have done collaborations in the past. We did a collaboration with our friend Megan Patrick um, and did a, a take on the Eagle Seven Bridges Road. We've done lots of those along the way. We've done, you know, on the Warner 50th anniversary album, we took, um, we did a, uh, a take on uh, Blue Rodeos, uh, Hasn't Hit Me Yet. We uh, teamed up with the original of the Good Brothers, uh, who's a huge, you know, staple act in Canadian country music, and, and we recorded their hit with them, the three of them and the three of us. Wow! A song called "Fox on the Run," and um, we went into a studio one day in in BC and just knocked it out, and it's just been a blast. So yeah, I think we're interested in doing a lot of collaborations. Just really, like most artists, it's about finding the time to get together. For sure. Yep. For sure. What's What's next for you guys, Chris? I I know we're. Uh... We're waiting for the uh, the world to to open up again. Um, yep. But do you guys have what, what sort of some of your medium and long term plans? Sure. So uh, next is Canada Day for us. We're actually going to perform from an empty studio in uh, Vancouver mm-hmm. um, for Canada Day, and it's going to be a virtual concert that's streamed. Um, so it'll just be the three or four of us in the studio, and you'll be able to be part of it. But it's going to be a full Washboard Union show. Uh, nice. done acoustically which is going to be great so going to be doing more and more of those in the next while mm-hmm. i think that you know we're all hopeful that touring gets back to some level of normalcy by 2021 yep until then uh we continue to record together and continue to write together and, and figure it all out everbound is still fairly new so there's still so much to come from that album so i just i feel like we haven't slowed down one bit awesome well th- that mm. that that album has a, has a couple of really really fun songs Um, where can people find more about what you guys are up to and what you guys are doing? Uh, just, you can find the washboard union everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, TikTok. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We're everywhere. (laughs) Awesome. Chris, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for me too, man. Thank you very much for having me.